driver's ed when I was 15. It was supposed to help with insurance and hopefully ease my crippling fear of backing out of the driveway or navigating anywhere near other vehicles. The absolutely terrifying instructor, I still remember him. He did little to instill confidence in me, but he did use a term I think about often when I'm driving even now. The point of no return. Now, I have no idea if this is like an official driving instructor term, but it refers to the moment when you're cruising on toward an intersection and the light turns yellow. It's a warning. You've got to stop soon, but how soon? If you're far enough away, you have plenty of time and distance to heed the warning, to slow down, maybe even switch lanes if you have to. You can come to a nice, easy stop. But sometimes you don't see it coming. You're cruising along and in a snap, green becomes yellow. You're supposed to slow down, but can you? Once you pass this invisible line in the road, the so-called point of no return, there's no stopping. You know it's about to turn red on you, maybe even while you're crossing through the intersection. It would be irresponsible to stop, dangerous even, so you have no choice, despite the literal signs to stop, but to keep going. I've never gotten a ticket, by the way, just so you guys know. The point of no return happens in other things in life, too. Like when you sign a lease on a pandemic. The point of no return happens in other things in life, too. Like when you sign a lease on a restaurant space and days later, a deadly pandemic arrives to town. Yeah, you kind of have to keep going. Mohamed Kadade had made quite the trip before he saw that yellow light, and he's putting the pedal to the metal. We so far made it with the support of you know, our customers. And with the grace of God, we're still here. And I think we'll be here for a long time. Today on Abbey St. Louis American Falafel. The fast casual Mediterranean spot in the Del Mar Loop opened up for the first time just weeks after other restaurants were slowly reopening for dine-in again. Opening while others closed for good. What inspired this world-traveling businessman to become a restaurateur and to settle down in St. Louis and how he's helping others new to the community. So that partnership became basically a no-brainer for us. Plus, we'll bring Dory in for some food news. Mohammed is the second person I've had on this podcast just in 2021 who's talked to me sitting in their car. He was squeezing time in for our interview between errands and meetings on what could technically be considered his off day, a Monday Enjoy when the restaurant's day. closed. It's really nice and sunny outside. Go yeah. outside and have yeah. fun. But he's kind of used to that lifestyle. Always working, always on the go. He was born in Jordan, grew up in Dubai, moved to St. Louis to go to Webster University, and eventually spending a decade working for MasterCard. So part of working uh, for MasterCard, part of being responsible for the Middle East Africa region, is a lot of travel, travel back and forth uh, within those countries in the Middle Eastern uh, region and within uh, back and forth to the U.S. Doing that travel, you get introduced to a lot more cuisines than you're used to. So uh, the different countries has a little bit different flavor of things. And then you come back to St. Louis um, um, or, you know, for your job as well or to New York. And you don't have that same authentic experience. There are restaurants um, that offer similar cuisine, but the taste is quite a bit different than the authentic taste. 
So I'm like, hmm, I think this actually would be quite a good opportunity to actually um, bring something back to St. Louis for me selfishly because I wanted that food, you know, connecting <laughs> with it. But also connected with St. Louis, after leaving his job, he stayed overseas for a bit before returning to the Lou, partially to send his kids to what he calls the best high schools in the country, and partially to kick off his corporate shoes and finally jump in to his restaurant dream. And I'm like, well, how am I going to do this? Because I really don't know how to cook anything. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I met Chef a few years ago um, and uh, we kind of got talking. He was a, a, an executive chef for um, uh, a restaurant that seats 600 people in Jordan. And I heard that he's going to um, uh, the, the States. Uh, his kids are also going to um, high school and college. And uh, he wanted them to, you know, he wanted to be with them as 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 they go through college so he moved back here with them mm-hmm. so i approached him again i said look we're gonna we're gonna open a restaurant and we started talking more and more about it and we developed a concept we worked on this for quite a bit of time the concept was simple and deeply personal he didn't just want to emulate the flavors he found at the restaurants where he visited in his travels but those of the meals central to his family gatherings growing up the taste of that food and the smells and the textures are just imprinted in my head. And I wanted to bring that to life with American falafel. When you started the place and you, you know, first kind of started opening it and you first started smelling those smells, where did that bring you back? What are some scenes? What was it like growing up when you smell that cooking or taste that cooking? And what was, what did that bring you back to? It just brings back so many memories. So actually, that became also um, um, a fun challenge between me and Chef um, because Chef has executive experience in restaurants and he has a really his mom also is a phenomenal cook, just like my grandma. And uh, let's say it would be like, let's say we're making lentil soup or something simple. And I'd be like, mm, my grandma made it, you know, she added a little bit more cumin. She, she did a little bit more of this. And, and he's like, you know, they that's what they do. Like my mom does that, but commercially we do it this way. I'm like, well, let's forget about how we do it commercially. And let's do it how your mom and how my grandma have done it. So, it, you know, it, it, it just brings back every time we, we just did an amazing meal this weekend. It was a vegan meal. And it's something that my grandma used to cook for me. And that's how we decided on that meal. And he did it exactly that same way. And it just brings back memories of me sitting around the table and my grandma bringing this food and, you know, my uncle sitting around, my aunt sitting around the table and everybody just, you know, kind of having like a Sunday dinner uh, uh, here in the U.S., you know, and it's, and it's really special. It took a little time to get the special just right, to get the menu nailed down, to find the perfect spot. And then I signed the lease on March 1st, 2020. Mm, yeah. That's some point of no return for you. Six days later, St. Louis had its first COVID case. You know the rest of the story. That sounds like really, really poor timing, but Mohammed looks on the sunny side, even saying he's lucky he got the lease signed before lockdown. Otherwise, the restaurant might not have happened. For me, initially, being a new restaurant probably was easier than the established 
uh, restaurants because they have a lot of the responsibility to take care of the families of the workers. And, and that was really hard for them to go through. And they're still going through it uh, right now, I'm sure. For me, it was a little bit easier because it was just me and Chef. They officially opened in June. Even if it meant enjoying a meal outside on a patio or being more comfortable grabbing takeout, that's when people were hungry to get out. And restaurants were feeling the love. Well, many of them were. The established restaurants still had a following and they had exposure to a lot of folks in St. Louis, which helped them, you know, uh, a lot of people were really generous and supported the restaurants that they've been going through. Yeah, a lot of people uh, are sitting there saying, I need to go support the restaurants I know. Um, They're, you know, feel this personal mission to keep restaurants afloat if they know about the restaurant, if they have a personal relationship with the restaurant, something you hadn't gotten the chance to form as much yet. Uh, and that was this is this still remains a big challenge for American falafel. So uh, although if the food is phenomenal, if you look at our reviews, knock on wood, I mean we have amazing five star reviews. Whether it's Google, whether it's Yelp, whether I mean people just love the food when they come and when they actually know about it and when they taste it. Um, prior to this, word of mouth used to kind of really propel you forward when when. Um, people know about some food they tell somebody and they immediately would go and try it or they or they tell other people with the era of covid that kind of subsided a bit you know so you tell somebody oh i ate you know some really good food at this place and you're like okay good 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 i'll go to it but i'll go on my time when i think it's safe when i think it's appropriate mm-hmm. but in the meantime i will continue to support my you know the, the places that i know because i'm comfortable with that yeah He's pleased with the reviews he's gotten, more so when he sees familiar faces return to the shop, and Muhammad's interest in community building extends beyond regulars. He's partnered with the initiative Welcome Neighbor STL, a group that helps coordinate resources for new immigrants and refugees living in the area who need a little assistance with education, housing, even just navigating American life. One amazing spinoff is the program where immigrant families help feed and prepare meals for the homeless. Mohammed says supporting the organization, offering a gift a meal program to bolster their efforts, was a no-brainer. Okay, I think everybody should keep definitely an open mind to different cultures. So I was fortunate to travel the world and see firsthand um, different cultures um, and different uh, upbringings. I witnessed a lot of suffering as well in uh, the areas that I've visited, whether it's uh, Baghdad, whether it is in, in Africa, some of the places that I've been to, um, uh, whether it's part of the refugee camps that we've been to and helped you know, through my work with, with MasterCard prior to this. And there is the suffering is real and the suffering is uh, definitely has very lasting damaging effect. On, on a lot of these people. So uh, St. Louis being a community that receives refugees, um, uh, you can I can see the impact really. I mean, if you look at just South Grand and the different restaurants that are there, whether it's Afghani, whether it's uh, Persian, whether it's Mediterranean and the different flavors that they bring to the, even, even if you look at outside the, the restaurant business, you see builders, you see plumbers, you see you know engineers, and they're all contributing to the community in such a positive uh, way. And I, I encourage a lot of people to see some of this and reach out and understand different cultures. And I think 
hopefully everybody will. Yeah. The name, though, is American Falafel. You put, despite your travels around the world, American is in the name of your restaurant. Why? Well, I mean, I've, I did travel around the world and I bring uh, a lot of those flavors into my restaurant, but it definitely is uh, me trying to give back to a country that gave me uh, a life and a future that I, you know, I can only dream of. So American is there and it will stay for sure. So if you haven't gotten a chance to try American falafel yet, I highly recommend it. It's it's pretty good, especially as the weather's warming up. The first time I had it, I was sitting by my parents' pool with my feet in the water, eating some baba ganoush. It was mwah, so mm. good. You can almost see that those sunny days on the horizon. Can you, from where you are, producer Dory, joining me now via Zoom from the Shaw Bureau, I do. Yeah, actually, um, I just noticed this week that the lovely tree that I have outside of my yard um, is starting to have its buds on it. And I got probably way too excited about that. But yes, I see the sun on the horizon. It feels like we made up for a lot of winter with those couple really, really cold, uh, cold weeks that we had there. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Something interesting um, that Muhammad was telling me about uh, is the fact that they were new. And yes, he did say that there are some things that were in some ways easier by being new in 2020, but think of like the PPP money and those extra government assistance programs that were meant to help get restaurants through these moments. They didn't qualify for any of those because they hadn't been open in the past and they hadn't, they didn't have old business to compare it to. So, you know, that's something worth considering that all of these new restaurants that you're looking at, they might not be getting the same kind of help uh, that established restaurants are. So established restaurants, new restaurants, make sure to show all of them some love uh, whenever you get hungry. Yeah. And you also mentioned in the episode, the welcome neighbor, right? That program. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So if that sounds familiar to anybody, we actually talked about them in our episode about a year ago. You can go back and check that out. It was called Every Start is a New Beginning. That was a special episode. I really liked that one. Yeah, yeah. Talk about some inspiration with that mm -hmm. one too. So, all right, let's talk about some food news. Uh, again, I mean, I hate talking about the weather so much because I feel like that's it's a stereotypical thing, but it is exciting to look out the window and see a blue sky and feel that it's getting warmer, especially when we talk about some of these um, possibly outdoorsy type of things on our food news radar. I love it. Yeah. So actually I was up in the Augusta area, which is our first item here. I was up in that area this past weekend and I was just like, oh, winery season is almost, yeah. I can hardly wait. Um, but yeah, our first topic today that we got for everybody. So there's a huge development going on up in the Augusta winery area. And it's been gradually happening over the last couple months. You might've seen some headlines about Hoffman Family of Companies, which is based in Florida, that they've been buying up wineries on Augusta, basically like left and right. So the most recent one this week is Mount Pleasant Estates. They've also bought Montel, Augusta, and Balducci wineries. They've also got a couple other vineyards and properties in the area that they've been acquiring. Mm -hmm. So before you go and think, oh, here's this company out of Florida coming up here into Missouri and buying right. up more wineries, just know that there's always a St. Louis connection. Right? Ah. 
Uh, right. So the founder and his wife are both from Washington, Missouri. So they're just trying to establish this huge Augusta area. They want to turn Augusta into essentially the Napa Valley of the Midwest, which I love the idea of. I'm down. They're investing more than a hundred million dollars. They plan to bring a hotel, some dining, some shops, and a 12-hole golf course. So they're really looking to turn Augusta into a destination. You know, I like that. I like when people come back home and say, you know what, I'm going to like, I I learned something out in the world or I I have experienced other things and I'm going to bring them to St. Louis. I mean, kind of like we were talking about with Muhammad or so many other different things that we've seen uh, in the food and drink world. And I think I could be down for that. That way, when you're headed out to Augusta, you have so many, you know, you have this bigger destination than just wineries if they wind up adding like golfing and new dining mm-hmm. options and stuff. So pretty cool. I know that, that those stories have been blowing up on our website every time we give new information about that. So people are clearly thirsty for it. Yes, definitely. Thirsty for that wine development going on up there. And mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty exciting thing that could be really good for the area. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, so speaking of getting outside, taking some sips, enjoying the nice weather, we've got Nine Mile Garden reopening for the season this week. So the food truck garden in, off- in Afton kicked off their 2021 season. Um, they're back to offering lunch and dinner every day. They're also going to do some happy hours on the weekends. Um, and they're also planning special events every night. So I really liked the lineup that they had here. So they're going to do trivia on Mondays and Thursdays, live comedy on Tuesdays, live music on Wednesdays and Fridays. They're bringing back the movies on Saturday nights. Plus they're going to have brunch and artisan markets on Sundays, which all of that just sounds so great. I love that they have a little something for everybody every day of the week. Um, And just so everybody knows they're in St. Louis County, they're still operating under the safety guidelines that are in place through the county and through the CDC. So everything is pretty spaced out and it's outside too. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's bold. Having live comedy on Tuesday Mm -hmm. nights like that. That is something worth checking out. I actually really like that idea. That one really struck me too. the live comedy. It's like, Oh, I haven't done that. And it feels like forever now. Right. And being able to go to little shopping markets and stuff. It's not just for the holiday season. Sometimes on a Sunday you get out and about and you want to do a little shopping. I like it. Exactly. Now this next Uh, story is good for if you maybe don't feel like going and doing your shopping. Yes, exactly. If you're just not up to go into the grocery store, but maybe you want schnooks to come to you, you can now do that with DoorDash. So this is very interesting. Schnooks decided to start packaging up some of their deli food items and having that delivered through DoorDash. So if you're up for, if you want like a whole rotisserie chicken, some of their sandwiches, they've got all kinds of wings and pulled pork and side dishes and all those salads that they have. You can now order that through DoorDash and have it brought directly to your home. It's only through five different locations. Um, the one in Brentwood, Maryland Heights, the Zumbel one in St. Charles, uh, the one on Lindell, Lindell on in the Central West End and in town and country. So if you live within six miles of those, you can have schnooks bring you deli food straight to your doorstep. I can't decide if it's like a whole new level of lazy to get a rotisserie chicken delivered to me via DoorDash when I live like a I, I live very close to a schnooks that I could mm-hmm. walk to, but 
I also kind of love the idea because sometimes you don't feel like cooking, but you don't feel like this big meal either, like, you know, ordering in something big and elaborate. So, man, the rotisserie chicken right to your door. There was- 2021, man. (laughs) You're not far off of my thinking on this one. It felt a little next level in a weird way that I couldn't quite put my finger on. But hey, you know, if you want your potato salad brought straight to your door from Schnucks, there you go. I think it's going to be really great for those um, spontaneous gatherings and maybe once the weather is getting better and you have some friends over and next thing you know, it's lunch and passing around your phone and doing an Uber Eats or DoorDash restaurant meal might be kind of a lot. But if you could say, let's just order up some picnic fare from Schnucks mm-hmm. and have it here ready for us, then there you go. I think that that could, could be, I can see it. I can see I it. I could see it happening. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. So the next story, uh, kind of, we're, we're still working on this one. There's still a lot to figure out with what's happening with the atomic cowboy. Uh, you know, that's like what we know and what we don't know our partners at the St. Louis Business Journal uh, reporting the auction items uh, or the items being auctioned out of the Atomic Cowboy in the Grove, but like we don't know if they're closed yet. Yeah, everything's been really vague with this one. Um, so they've they haven't announced that they're closed officially, but there are these auctions going on, and the auction site actually posts on its um, on its auction page. This is the last chance to take a piece of Grove history, say farewell to a St. Louis legend. So kind of reading between the lines there, it sounds like Atomic Cowboy will not be reopening, but they haven't officially said that yet. So we're kind of in this limbo in between space right now. Mm-hmm. Which it is a fantastic space. I love the Atomic Cowboy. That's a, that'd be that'd be a total bummer um, for the Grove. And if they close, um, hopefully somebody new can come in and uh, occupy that space and create that same kind of like really just vibrant, um, you know, energy that I feel like you always got, no matter what time of day you went there. Uh, it was, it was good. It was fun. So we'll keep, we'll keep looking at that one. Cause from what I can tell, there hasn't been an official announcement, even to like the property developers and such at the, gro- or who kind of run the Grove. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll learn more. We'll be looking into it. Stay tuned on that one. Um, so there is one thing that I also wanted to mention, bring back up to everybody, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, big news when Baked Bear first opened in St. Louis, their second location, we told you that was coming to St. Charles. It's now open. It They opened the doors last Friday for the first people to come in, get those tasty ice cream sandwiches on Main Street. So just wanted to let everybody know that that is now open for our St. Charles crowd up there. So many things happening and opening up in St. Charles. I know. I know. My family out in St. Charles is loving it, they say. Mm -hmm. So this one uh, has, I I like sweet news to wrap things up with. So um, this one is kind of interesting, though. Innovation. Innovation continues. (laughs) Sweet, but I'm not not so sweet on this one. I was going to ask you how you felt about it. (laughs) Yeah, Reese's announced a new version of their their Reese's cup. Um, I was going to say chocolate cup, but no, there's no chocolate in this one. So this is a Reese's that is all peanut butter. Um, it's launching in April. It's called the Ultimate Peanut Butter Lover's Cup. It's 100% peanut butter candy flavored shell on the outside. And it's stuffed with the normal PB on the inside. It looks like your normal Reese's, just no chocolate. I, I can't do it. I, it looks a little naked. Like it looks, it looks, yeah. it looks like 
in a, like you're not supposed to be looking at it. Like it needs its chocolate on. It needs a blur over it. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize though. I thought it was just like straight up the peanut butter filling. And that's a scent like that happened to be shaped like the rest of the chocolate. I didn't realize it has a candy flavored shell on the outside. I feel like that's a whole separate type of experience. Like as you're eating it. Well, it, I think if you close your eyes and you bite into it, it kind of gives you that same crunch factor that the chocolate part does, but mm. it just doesn't have the chocolate taste. No. It's all peanut butter. I wish I loved peanut butter like some people do, but I, I mean, for me, I love a Reese's cup, but it has to have the, it, the chocolate is, is big for me. So same. I noticed you say you, so you say Reese's, Reese's cup, like a Reese's Yes. Reese's peanut butter. I'm overthinking it now. And I can't honestly tell you how I say it. <laughs> I'm like, do I say, cause I say Reese's pieces. Oh yeah. I've heard and that. I know I'm not supposed to like, I know that that is a no, no, but I, I think people up in the Northeast say, at least when I lived in Baltimore, like up in that area, people said Reese's there. Mm-hmm. Well, earlier alone. you said vag when you said to say vague. So I feel like however you say it is how St. Louis should say it. Yes, exactly. Reese's. There you go. I'm on the record. (laughs) Hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? So um, Saturday morning, we were getting ready to go and run some errands and got to get coffee, right? When you're up that early. And when I say up that early, it was like 9 a.m. But we needed coffee to jumpstart our day. So um, we wanted to hop by somewhere different, you know, just kind of mix up our normal routine. So we went over to Comet Coffee, which is across from the zoo. Um, like on the other side of the highway and um, put in an order for this muffin. So the muffin itself is called the rebel within. um, And there's a reason for that. It's this really savory muffin on the outside. It's like cheese. And I think it had sausage and it was really like a nice crunchy on the outside. But then when you get inside the rebel within is a soft boiled egg that is so perfectly like cooked that I don't know how they got the outside done so well. And then on the inside, it was still gooey. The gooey. Yeah, soft boiled. That's soft boiled. My favorite way Uh, to eat an egg, but yeah. I I knew you were going to love this one. Um, But I don't, I just don't know how they did it. I've been like theorizing in my head how they made this like muffin thing. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just like delicious magic and I'll let, let them keep doing it. But it was awesome. You know what the beautiful thing about having a food podcast is, Dory? We can call them and demand them tell us. <laughs> tell me your secrets. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I love that's interesting. I've got to try that. That sounds so good. It was you really know, good. I'm always down for a good weekend breakfast. Mm-hmm. So mine was also from this weekend. Um, it was gorgeous weather outside and did the set up a campfire, even though we really didn't need the fire. It just wound up being like a pile of smoky sticks um in a friend of ours backyard and um we you know the day kind of carries on you're having some drinks and just catching up and then you know what sometimes you just need after a day like that emo's pizza and it's been too long since i had gotten an emo's pizza supreme extra sauce so good and some t-ravs on the side it just like it hits perfectly and it just kind it of does. feels like the bow at the end of a day in St. Louis. I loved it. Perfect. Especially when you're outside, you know, you're really soaking in that first nice weekend day or catching up. You're doing like these things that we haven't been able to do so much lately and just a nice little emos on top of it. Love it. Absolutely. So we're not going to tell you guys what to do this weekend, uh, the being the first 
weekend of March 5th through 7th for a couple reasons. One, it is supposed to be gorgeous weather outside. So just whatever you do, get outside of your house. Um, just soak in some sunshine um, and get the fresh air in your lungs. And second, because there's not really much going on. So we're not hiding anything from you. It's just a pretty low key <laughs> weekend. I think, uh, you know, people aren't planning as much as they usually do. So uh, we do, though, want to highlight once again, our fish fry guide, fish fry guide always takes me a second to say mm-hmm. that website is what dory ksdk.com slash fish fry yes make sure you hit that up also hit up our um, website for other places where you can try something delicious um and lent friendly other restaurants obviously expanding their offerings and keep letting us know what you guys are eating on fridays too i think i saw a couple places offering um alligator bites or something like that so hey it tastes like chicken but it's fish, so you know, you can kind of just like cheat in the system a little bit. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I am Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Quick heads up, we are going to take a break from normal episodes over the next couple of weeks. We're working on something special for you guys, um, and I I think you're going to enjoy how it turns out. It's going to be, I'll just say this, it involves a couple of our favorite food people and a nice conversation that we actually recorded this morning, and I'm looking forward to putting together and bringing to you guys. So keep an eye, though, on your podcast feed. Make sure you're subscribed so that it's in your feed right when we offer it up to you. Leave us a rating and review too, because why not? Uh, we, we just give us the five the stars. Best. Give <laughs> us some five stars. And our Instagram is at Abby Eats St. Louis. Tag us, DM us, love us, wash your hands. Don't forget your sunglasses and your mask and seize the plate. When you said bag, I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't even remember saying it. <laughs> oh, so St. <Saint> Louis. <laughs>